Hey, what's up, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the DC Power Play. I'm your host, Sabir. You can find me on Twitter at PleaseWinDC. And as usual, I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Drew and Amanda. They're also on Twitter. You can find Drew at RoboStop10, and Amanda is AWhite7877. Um, just to remind you that we do this DC Power Play podcast for the DMV Sports Network, and their website is dmvsportsnetwork.com and also on Twitter at dmv underscore sn. Uh, if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe and uh, leave any review if you feel like it. We really appreciate that stuff. Uh, so let's dive right in, guys. Um, this podcast is the last regular season podcast that we will do because playoffs start in about five days or so um, on April 10th. So let's dive into the week of Caps games, three games to recap, starting with uh, a really good win at Tampa Bay. This was a 6-3 win for the Caps, and it was almost like the exact game that I wanted the Caps to play against Tampa Bay. Uh, we know that they played um, the Lightning three times in the past two weeks or so. Um, and so, I, you know, before even the first game started, I just wanted one game like this against them to just show that we can take them on. And, you know, the two previous games are really close anyway as well. So um, a really good overall win, two goals from Backstrom, Oshi and Ovechkin. This is obviously Ovechkin's 50th goal game and 51. Um, but a lot of good things to take away from this game. Amanda, what do you think? Well, obviously, this was a much more fun game than the last two games they played <laughs> against Tampa. Um, I actually think them playing Tampa three times so close to the playoffs is a, is a really good thing. It was kind of almost like a tune-up for the playoffs. You know, we all know the Lightning are playing at a very high level right now. And uh, it was it was good to see them come away with a win and not get swept in the season series. Mm -hmm. um, a few notes that I made is that um, early going, the Caps looked really good. There have been a lot of games this year where they did not look good in the, the first period at all, especially the first half of the first period. But in this game, the Lightning didn't even have a shot on goal until almost halfway through the first. So the defense has been much improved the past few weeks, and this game was a really good example of it um i really wanted to see somebody get a uh, a hat trick in this game we had three right. options we didn't get that but backstrom got to his uh 20 goal mark in this one so mm -hmm. that made seven players on the caps with 20 goals which is really remarkable and and shows a great depth to the roster and really i think bodes well for the playoffs they're not counting on one or two guys to to be the ones doing all the work so yeah it was a good game it was it was a good way to go into this final week and uh it was nice to it was nice to pick up a win in tampa mm -hmm. and drew you know they even caps even won the face-off percentage too what do you think about that i mean if you really want to try to plan out a game um a game to the style of, of game that you want to play or the the perfect game that you want to play this really was it mm -hmm. um this is kind of reminding me what they did last year against tampa with the way that they played defense and didn't let them beat them with speed, um, played team defense, blocked shots. I mean, this game just showed you that when they put their minds to things and they can concentrate on what they need to do, they can play their game against anybody, Tampa included. You know, the first two games against Tampa were kind of a mixed bag. You know, they let Tampa kind of – first of all, they, they put Tampa on the power play too much. They didn't play – they didn't – kind of gap in the neutral zone enough to keep their speed down 
in this particular game, this, they were fantastic. Uh, outside of the last, you know, the last power play goal they gave up, um, which is kind of just a, a footnote to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought this was their uh, their last group of games. This is probably one of their best games they played. Yeah, most complete um, maybe that we've seen them play all year. Hopey was great in net. The defense played well. Uh, again, like we said, we had three different players with two goals. Um, they, it was a physical game, and, and with especially Orpic and Wilson, the two, probably the two Tampa players that have been the most pain in the butts over the first two games Those they played. Those fights felt like they were they were coming over these this set and, of three games, and uh, it definitely went the Caps' way. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it's the you know Tampa's you got to give Tampa a lot of credit from this year. They have been the best throughout the league. I mean, they were for a long, long time had like single digit losses. Um, they've played well. We know what happens when you win the Peasant Trophy. Good, just go back to 2010 uh, with, with, you know, the first series with Montreal and how the Cavs just got shut down. You know, they were the best team in the league and had the President's Trophy. Just because you get it doesn't dictate what happens in the playoffs. So the Cavs have served them notice that if it get if we end up meeting, you better bring your bring your hard hat and your lunch pail because yeah. this type of this type of game that we gave you, you need to remember it because it's gonna we're yeah. gonna make sure we keep playing it. It felt and like And I think they're capable. Hockey. Yes, it did. And they, and they're and the Caps are certainly capable of doing that to Tampa again. And I hope that they can because I think these teams are on a collision course to meet in the final. And you know, we didn't either of us mentioned Drew in our recap there that oh yeah, by the way, Ovechkin scored his fiftieth and fifty first. <laughs> Yeah, you sure. Yeah, um, I was ha- I was happy, and you know, Subir and I talked about this early in the week. About I think I said he was going to finish with fifty three. Mm-hmm. So you know, he's he's two away from that. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that he he certainly gets to gets there or even beyond it. Um, what but a- I, I knew that he would get to fifty this year. It's just question with his beginning. I thought he might even reach sixty, but. Wasn't you know, that that one episode droughts. we talked about? He was on pace for like seventy eight or something. Yeah. Of the sort. Yeah, yes, he was because he had. Season. Yeah, because at one point he had what, like eight goals in eight games or seven games, yeah, whatever it was. Those those early season, they're on pace for things are always fun. I know he just had that like stretch of like nine games where he didn't get any. But that just speaking of that fiftieth goal, what a goal it was! Oh, it was it fantastic. Just, it's it just like encapsulates his game in general. Like scores a goal, celebration, knocks the guy out. In the I was Coburn too. I was like, get back on the ice, Coburn. Uh, that guy had a rough night yep and yes, whoever you know whoever willie took on and orpic i don't think tampa bay wants to see us they they can't handle the physicality i don't think and they know it and they know another seven game series is probably going to be the toughest matchup we'll yeah, i wonder the if the caps aren't the only team that that they would be concerned about. I mean, I, they shouldn't, you know, you should never take anything for granted, you know, yada, yada. We all know all of that. And of course you have to be careful when you win the president's trump and you, tr- the, the president's trophy and you cruise into the playoffs that you're ready for it. But I think that that game reminded them of that Eastern conference final series last year. And, yeah. you know, it is the, the caps play a tough brand of hockey and, and I think they match up. I think they match up against Tampa better than anybody else in the, yeah, in the Eastern the- conference. The Caps in Boston can give them trouble. Um, I, yeah, I Boston's think, playing yeah. really well. Yeah, and they're pretty heavy too, and they are not scared. Certainly, they would like some payback against Tampa Bay. Um, but yeah, anything else on that game in particular? 
I think people should stop um, saying who Tom Wilson's afraid of because it never seems to end well for whoever that poor guy is. Seriously, and then they'll just pick someone else. So they'll be like, well, he's scared of this guy now. I know, and that guy's like, damn it, why? Why would you say that? (laughs) Seriously, (laughs) love Tom so much. Yeah, he's the best. Okay, so Caps continued their road trip in Florida and played the Panthers. And this game was not as successful as the previous because the Caps <laughs> lost 5-3. They were down 4-0 at one point until a really, you know, this was like the most frustrating game of the season until Kuznetsov scored or whoever. Was it Carlson or Kuznetsov? I think Kuzi deflected yeah. it. But uh, until now that, that Ducks point, game might have been worse. Oh, yeah. Well, worse. at least we looked good at, you know, certain points in the Ducks game and then it fell apart. But this Florida one was just like, we can't beat them this year for some reason. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, Luongo was really good, um, but, you know, Cap's power play was horrible, gave up a shorthanded goal. I couldn't couldn't even set it up against a team that gives up a lot of goals. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, they just were disinterested. I mean, it, I don't want to say disinterested, but you could tell the difference in effort. I mean, look at the game against Tampa and then flip yeah. it over and look at the one at Florida. They they weren't even really competing. Florida was just skating around them for most of the game. It was like they until were really all up the... for that Tampa game, and they were not really up for this one. And I think Florida sat back after it got with about less than 10 minutes to go because they were up 4 nothing. Hey, our, our lead is safe. And then here comes the deflection from Kuznetsov. Then Backstrom scores, and then, oh, now it's 4-2. And here comes Verona, pots one with about a little less than – four minutes or three minutes to go. So, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I think it was a combination of Florida kind of letting up a little bit because they, Florida kept them out of the middle of the ice. Everything was to the outside. Uh, there was no, you know, Luongo, when he had to make a save, made it. Uh, I don't think he was very tested a lot uh, really until the last 10 minutes. Uh, you know, they kind of found their groove and they, you know, they score three quick ones. But had you played the last mm, nine minutes, the first 51, you know, you could have wrapped, you could have wrapped up your division a game early. Yeah. Um, you know, so they, you know, once the playoffs start, you can't have games like that. You can't, you, you can't have, you know, a game that you you're in and you concentrate and you're playing hard. And, and then you kind of want to kick your foot off the gas and just kind of go through the motions. You just, in the playoffs, you're not gonna be able to do that. And I know they know that, but you know, I'm tired of hearing these quotes from them after games during the regular season. Well, you know, that effort was terrible. We didn't come to play. I mean, I, I yeah. get you get these stretches right. during great, the season, but, but you should already know that. You, well, already, you should already know that. Well, I think Reardon said, like, going into this game that they were not going to let this be a letdown game. Like, they were aware of the possibility of big game win in Tampa Bay and letting up this game. They, they said they were going to avoid that, and it didn't start like that. And that was Copley's game, but... I don't really blame them for many of the goals. Uh, sometimes Florida just outpassed the Caps and had wide open nets to shoot at. Um, I, you know, Troy Brower got a goal. Like, come on now. I mean, come on now. <laughs> there were a couple of good things to say since we're being very negative about this game. I'll, I'll throw out a couple positives. They won oh, the face-off goodness. battle. This ought to be good. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They won the face-off battle, which they don't do very often. I think it was 32 to 29. Um, Oshi had a couple of just beauties of passes in this game yeah. for the goals. I mean, Oshie was really playing. And it was at the end, of course, and it was too late and they weren't able to come back. But um, it was the second goal when he connected with Backstrom. That was just a gorgeous, gorgeous backhand pass to, to Backstrom. And then Oshie to Verana. 
you know, for that, uh, that third goal. So, I mean, it, it, it had a couple of good moments and it just didn't seem like they cared, frankly, they, they just weren't really that interested in the game. And as frustrating as it was, you know, they've wrapped up the division now. And in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. Right. It was definitely a frustrating game to watch. In one way, it allowed the Caps to have to focus harder on their next game and try and wrap up the division. This has got to be like the latest the Caps have won the Metro in a long time. Yeah, but four straight years is a heck of an accomplishment. Especially now that they have the Cup, it makes the accomplishment look even better. Because it's like they've been really good for a while, and now they have the hardware to prove it for one season. Um, Yes. Let's do that again. I want to do that again. Back to that. Uh, now let's talk about the game we just watched versus Montreal. This was at home and a 2-1 victory for the Caps. A pretty good game for a 2-1 game. I mean, not many goals, obviously, but there were chances uh, on both sides. Uh, I thought the Caps played really well, though, and didn't allow Montreal's speed to kill them too much. Um, it was a great third-line goal for the Caps, uh, Haglin to Conley to uh, Eller, uh, who seems to score against his former team a lot, really. Um, yes, he's the Daniel Murphy against the Mets <laughs> of the National Hockey League. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not the Bryce Harper against the, Mets. the well, Jason Worth. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess that all remains to be seen. But yeah, he does seem to score a lot against Montreal. Yeah, but overall, really, the bottom six for the Caps this game was really good because the fourth line got a goal as well. Mm-hmm. Burakovsky is really, you know, playing well and he finds a home on that fourth line now. Yeah, it's interesting. He seems to be playing better on the fourth line than on the third. And, and typically you expect the opposite, that when you're playing with a better caliber of line mates that, you, you know, you elevate your game. But he seems to – I think the, having the pressure off of feeling like he's going to get traded any minute has, has really been a mental benefit for him. And just because we're talking about Burakovsky, I tweeted earlier, you know, pretty much after he got the assist tonight – Caps might mess around and sign Burakovsky if he continues to play this way. And I think it kind of depends on uh, playoff performance. But is there a chance that they sign him? If he scores two more goals in this game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, I say do it. <laughs> he He's going to have to show his consistency. Because the problem with him is that he goes for stretches and disappears. It's almost like Seminitis, as I kind of like to call it. <laughs> That's perfect. Because Semin had this, Semin had the same issue, where it, was, it would seem to be a mental thing. He would have a, a stretch of good games, uh, played well, scored goals, whatever, and then of course he would always have his his stick foul <laughs> during you know one or two of them during a game, but just totally then would look disinterested for another handful of games. So. He's going to have – because he's he's an RFA, so he's automatically going to get his RFA um, money is supposed to be uh, – last I looked, was supposed to be $3.25 million. On a team that's up against the cap already uh, with, you know, a handful of RFAs and, and another handful of uh, UFAs, I th- you know, the roster is going to look different next year. You've got rookies um, or newer players, as to say, in, in Hershey knocking on the door to come in. Uh, in the bottom six, especially, mm. can they? Fi- I would. It's it's my contention that they could find somebody in Hershey to do his job at two and a half million dollars or three million dollars less than what he's making. Uh, and the, especially if you try, if you want to resign Conley, would you rather resign Conley or resign Burkhoff? That's an easy question. <laughs> It, that's an easy question for me to answer. I'll take Connolly over Burkowski every day and twice on Sunday. Um, 
Yeah, he'd Collins have to have different... a heck of a performance in in the playoffs for it to even be a correct. Question. I mean, he's sitting on the fourth line right now. You could find something in Hershey to take that spot. Well, could you, Wilson, you know, it's not that hard. Wilson got the contract for six million a year, was it? Yes. No, he got his five is point, five, 5.5 for five years, I believe, so, or six years, so something like that. So, on the open market after this season ends would make like four or something. I I don't think so. Not you know he he with when it, where he was drafted, you know he's not a fourth line player is not what they thought they were going to get out of him. So yeah, I, I don't know that his I think he's being paid as a guy they expected more from. And even though he he may be serviceable as a fourth liner, he's not going to get paid that kind of money. I don't think. Okay, so I, basically, yeah, yeah, you both believe that barring a great playoff performance from Burakovsky, he'll probably be probably be gone. I do think so. I, yeah. I would say there's a 60-40 chance his rights get traded during the draft. I actually or would something put it more like during the draft. I would put it more like 75-25. Like I don't think like you said barring a really impressive playoff run from him, I I just can't see with the cap situation the caps are in that they're going to be able to hang on to him when they have so many other priorities who have performed who have performed better. I got you. It seems like um, ever since they decided not to trade him, you know, they kept him at the deadline. He's played better since then. So maybe it was a matter of just he was feeling like insecure, unsure of his future here. And he was kind of in a slump first half of the season. But, yeah, I agree. I think uh, I don't think he'll be here next year. And you're right, because I do want to sign Conley over Bira for sure. Yeah, it'd be nice to keep them both. I'm a big softy about it. I wish we mm-hmm. could keep everybody all the time. I hate it when players leave. I hate it when there's trades and it's hard. You know what I mean? It's It sucks. It's part of being a sports fan. Especially in hockey, though, because it's such a smaller roster and you get so close. Yeah, exactly. So close. And you, yeah. And it's hard whenever you see players leave. But mm-hmm. I just can't see from from a cap perspective how Burakovsky's worth what he, they'd have to pay to keep him. It just doesn't make sense. I got gotcha. you. Okay, was there any other points from the Montreal game, maybe Drew, that you wanted to bring up? Um, no, I, I just uh, overall, I'll, I'll just say that you know that kind of had a had a real playoff feel considering Montreal's fighting for points. Um, you know, I thought the Caps played uh, a good, sound uh, defensive game. You know, Holtby kind of saved them early. Montreal pushed early, but you know, hey, they, you know, they got the two points. They've wrapped up the division. And, you know, now they get to wait. We get to wait and see if it's going to be Carolina or Columbus or Pittsburgh here as we wrap up, you know, Saturday. Yeah. The one other thing I had is that was interesting little piece of trivia is that Nick Dowd, who an unlikely hero, scored the game winning goal that clinched the playoff (laughs) and the game winning goal tonight that clinched the division. So who would have thought Nick Dowd, the hero? Yeah, and that's kind of like a surprise player this year. Um, I didn't know much about Dowd before this year, um, but he kind of solidified his spot on the fourth line this second half of the season, um, and he's probably like seven or eight goals. Um, he's played pretty well. Yeah, I think it was eight. I think that was his eighth tonight. Yeah, that fourth line was very fluid for a while, and it feels like it's finally kind of gelled into what it's going to be going into the playoff run. Yeah, I did not see this being the fourth line heading into the playoffs like before <laughs> the season started, you know. Nope. It's definitely one of those things. The fourth line is always the one that changes the most, of course. Yeah, but true. Yeah, this one, uh, this is, de- yeah, would have been hard to predict. All right. So before we head into our next topics, I want to remind everyone of DMV Sports Network's library of podcasts. Right now, there are nine active shows. 
uh, which includes the Redskins, the Capitals, Nationals, Wizards, and Ravens as well. And uh, we have two mixed bag shows called It's About Time DC and Dom and Thunder. Um, there's also a debate show, uh, which is available via live stream on Twitter. It's called DMV Dispute. So again, all these shows can be found wherever podcasts are available. So please check them out. And if you like any of these shows, please leave a review or subscribe as well. All right, guys. So since the regular season is pretty much winding down, just one last meaningless game to go. Uh, let's talk about our Capitals MVP and maybe Caps most improved as well. Um, so, Amanda, you can start. Who is your MVP for the Caps this you year? You know, it's the boring pick, but I think it has to be Ovechkin. <laughs> okay, has to be. I know. It's funny. It's like you want to pick something that's more interesting to talk about. It, it's not fair that it's not. You know, it's not as interesting to talk about everybody. He's just done it so many times. It's the consistency at at an age 33 season and the performance to be over 50 goals again <laughs> and winning another Rocket Richard. It's just extraordinary. Hopefully. It's like you, yeah, I, <laughs> it would be pretty unusual at this point if anybody could catch him. I think he's four ahead with one game to play. I think so. Dreisaitl has 49 right now. And oh, I thought he was at 47. He, I'm going to double check. I think he moved up. Oh, maybe and I missed that. And he's playing tonight, so it's pretty crazy. Well, whether he wins the, the Rocket Richard yeah, or not yeah. still, you know, he's just – you run out of superlatives to describe Alex Ovechkin. He's so extraordinary. We're so lucky to watch him and to be able to witness a career like this firsthand and, you know, day in, day out. But, you know, he's he's the he's the MVP of this, this team. I think he always is the MVP of this team. Yeah, um – I'm just going to admit real quick, I have Ovi as well. It has to be another 50-goal you know, season. Leads How do you not points. pick the guy with 50 goals yeah, as dude, the MVP? Honestly, I mean, a terrific year coming off of an amazing offseason, <clears> obviously, <throat> being champs. Um, but I will say, if I couldn't pick Ovechkin, it would have to be Tom Wilson for me. Mm-hmm. And I say that with Backstrom pretty close by because Backy's had a great year as well. Um, but Tom Wilson, when you talk about valuable, every team wishes they could have someone like him and what he does, even if he doesn't get on the score sheet, he's creating space, he's physical, he's in the head of the opponent. Um, I think it's almost the definition of valuable. You both are lame for picking a Ovechkin. I just want to say that <laughs> off the break. Okay. Okay. If you want to talk MVP, you have to go with Wilson. And this is the reason he missed the first 16 games of the season and the team was mediocre at best um, to begin the year. He came in and he had like, I believe it was eight goals and six oh, yeah. assists Torrid or something in like about five games. <laughs> so he finished right now before Saturday's game, he's played in 61 games. So he'll have played in 62 and missed 20. Um, you know, due to the other, other games he missed was because of the Reefs cheap shot. Um, so right now he has 22 goals, 18 assists for 40 points, and he's a plus 13. And all of those are career highs. Um, he had last year at this, at this point, minus one game, he was 14 goals, 21 assists, 35 points and a plus 10. So he's improved in all his stats. Um, he steps on the ice. He's a difference maker. He is the pretty much the entire package. He can score. He's physical. He he can pass the puck with the best of them. Uh, he makes room for um, Ovechkin and Kuznetsov. 
the def- the defenseman when you, he forechecks are always looking for him because he's always going to lay the body when he has the opportunity. Um, and he is the heart and soul of this team. Um, when Ovechkin decides to hang it up, this is going to be your captain. At there's nobody else on this. 100%. There's nobody else on this team that can lay claim to being a captain. Um, I think based upon his leadership and how he plays the game than, than Wilson. Um, and without him, this team does not like the playoffs. Um, this team, if it does, it may be as a wild card. Just the difference that he makes stepping on the ice for this team. And he's, he's my MVP of this team this year. Well, I can certainly not factor. argue with that. <laughs> yeah, Tom Wilson's dad has spoken. Yes, exactly. No, I love Tom Wilson. I, I, you guys know that's the – I wear Tom Wilson's jersey every time I go to a game. I love that guy. But I just feel like – I don't know. I, if there were any other guy on any other team who scored 50 goals, I think he'd be the easy pick for MVP on any mm-hmm. club. But, yeah, Wilson – it's hard. Wilson's impact is – greater than scoring Wilson's impact is unquantifiable I think you know like you said when he's on the ice it's just different the way the other teams play is different and I feel like early in the season when he first came back off that suspension people were taking some liberties with the caps because they I guess they thought he was somewhat neutered by the you know the heavy discipline he'd received from the Department of Player Safety. And I think even he he played a lot more carefully early. You were seeing him not taking hits and, and not taking fights. And, you know, he, he was playing a little bit differently. And I think as we've gotten towards the end of the season, you're starting to see him come back into his game more. He's more selective and he's more careful. But, you know, he's not afraid to fight when the situation warrants it. And he's not afraid to lay a hit again. And, and I think that especially the last, you know, between the, the fight with Alexiak and the fight with... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the name. Chernak, maybe. Yeah, Chernak, and then the one before where he broke the orbital bound. And Cole, thank you. Yeah, like the last, it was all in the last six weeks or so, maybe seven. Anyway, I just feel like the league's on notice again that like, yeah, Tom Wilson's going to be a little bit more careful, but it's still best if you, you know, don't lay a dirty hit on Kuznetsov while he's 10 feet from you. It would probably be a bad idea. You know what I mean? So you're right. He he brings something that you can't he brings something you can't see in the stats he will be a lot to handle in the playoffs and i just hope he doesn't take any suspensions the rest of the way you Me know no too. nothing big in the playoffs not even a game uh caps want him in the lineup every yeah. night they need and him so they need him and basically if we didn't have arguably the best goal scorer of all time on our team the mvp would be wilson is what we're pretty much yeah. saying. I don't know that I'll ever be able to see it. Maybe if Ovi's, you know, 40 and, and slowed way down, I might be able <laughs> to see him not being the MVP. But until then, I don't know if I'd ever be able to pick anybody else. Yeah. Okay. So let's now talk about the Caps' most improved player. Uh, so over this past season, who from last year do you think has improved the most? Drew, you can start. Um, my My – my uh, my guess and my selection actually would be I think Jacob Verana is the one that's been the most improved. Uh, he's he's got he has the speed. He's used that to his advantage this year. His shot is is on par with I think approaches Kuznetsov's snipe snipe ability. I guess if you want to call that even a word, but Verana can shoot the puck really, pick his corners. Um, he has played really really well. I know that he recently they had not marked him down to the third line. And I think, I think Reard may have been kind of experimenting with Hagelin a little bit, knowing Hagelin can kind of play a little bit everywhere. Um, but I think Verana has been the most improved this year. Um, he's his statistics 
uh, this year from last year are much improved, uh, especially when you're playing along, you know, next to Kuznetsov and Oshi or Backstrom and Oshi, depending how they line up. Um, I, I've just been really, really impressed with his development and his the steps he's made this year. Um, you know, I just really think I think Burr and Verana kind of were on the same kind of the same track. How are they going to improve and develop? And you know, Verana certainly has stepped up. You know, his game. Um, you know, he's approaching. He's, I mean, so far with a game to go. You know, he's got 24 goals, 23 assists, and 47 points. And he also is a plus 22. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think last year he ended up at the end of the year, he had 13 goals, 14 assists, and 27 points, and he was only a plus two. Uh, so I think he certainly is the most improved, and I hope he continues to do that. You know, what I'm scared about is when he gets to his contract year, you know, whenever it's time to re-sign him, um, he certainly is going to need a pay raise. Um, so we'll have to see how, you know, McClellan kind of works through these numbers and stuff. And um, He better I'm, figure I'm, it out the and confidence. work through these numbers. <laughs> I have all the confidence in the world in McClellan. Uh, you know, McPhee, I have, I, that's a whole other podcast for him. But um, I love McClellan and I love what he's done in the short time he's been GM. So, uh, you know, he's going to – I'm sure he'll find a way to keep Ron in the fold. But, you know, he's 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 been the best. He has yeah. become a fan favorite for sure, and and I don't think – I think we could see the potential, but for him to actually show it this year was just great to see. Amanda, who would you pick? Well, I, you know, Verona's hard to argue with. I was just looking at his stats while you are talking, Drew, and he went – he's a plus 22 this year, but that was up from a plus two last year. So that's a pretty – it's a pretty impressive improvement. Um, for the sake of not all of us doing the same thing, um, looking through everybody, I think Connolly – um, is one of those who he's just so much more than you expected him to be. He's, he's been in the league a long time. You know, he start his rookie season was the 2011, 2012 season, and he's played a career high games this year. Um, his rookie year, he played 68 and that was the most he ever played until last year. He played 70 and this year he played 79. And, you know, that's remarkable durability for a guy who's been in the league as long as he has. Um, he's 22 goals. 23 assists he's a plus 12 after being a minus six actually last year which surprises me so you know he's improved quite a lot um and he's just he's become a real staple for them that third line has been really really good and and i like that they've kept it together they haven't really you know other than injuries and moving people around a little bit here and there and the flu which keeps happening Mm -hmm. um they've, they've really kept that third line pretty you know pretty standard most of this season and uh, he seems to have really found his groove there. And uh, I really hope as we talked about a little while ago that, that they find a way to keep him because, you know, I think he's, he's a great fit for this team. He's a great locker room guy. It seems like everybody loves him. And, and you know, that the, ta- the pe- eating pizza while he got a tattoo with a Stanley <laughs> cup is, is something I will love forever. So yeah, that's yeah. my pick. The whole tattoo thing with the whole team was a great story in itself. <laughs> Having them have to hold Verona's hand while I got a tattoo might be the funniest thing that ever happened. Right. Um, <laughs> so both of those guys are pretty much the top two picks for the most improved player for the Caps. Um, I'm going to stick with Kano mainly because uh, I think going into the season, we knew Verona was going to be a second line guy the whole season um, because we knew his potential and he started to break out last year. For Kano, I just felt like he'll hover in the third and fourth line 
you know, 15 to 20 goals max uh, and just kind of a an honorable type of year for Conley. But he has um, kind of surpassed expectations for me, at least. And uh, he's, def- he's just improved and he just seems like he's going to keep getting better. The shot is obviously lethal, but I think it's just about the way he moves with his line mates. Um, and, you know, they all seem to be on the same page nowadays, that third line. Um, and, and he's just made the most of his chances. So, so you know, those two guys, Vrana and both Conley, have improved a lot. And uh, like we said, both of them will be high priority to re-sign in the offseason. You know, if we can do an honorable mention on Michael Kempney, whose loss is vast and terrible. And uh, I think we're, I, I, it's my biggest concern going into the playoffs that they've lost company. He was a, uh, he was at a plus 24 and had 71 games played. He was such a huge part of what they were doing defensively. And, uh, you know, I don't, they've looked pretty good without him so far, but you know, I just, I hope they can keep that up. I think his loss is immeasurable. Yeah, it's a good point, Amanda. And I think, uh, last podcast we did, we didn't know if he was out for the season or not yet, but, now we do know that uh, four to six month recovery time is it broken leg pretty much? Yeah, I think it was a torn. No, he hamstring. tore his hamstring. Oh, that's which right. Which just okay. sounds so painful. But he went yeah. from a one plus one in the 2017-18 year to a plus twenty four this year. Oh. I mean, he was a huge, huge part of what they were doing. And yeah, finding out he's not coming back is is awful. And we certainly, all wish him the best in a speedy and complete recovery. Ditto. Yep. Um. Beside that, guys, uh, let's ask real quick. You don't have to have a big explanation, but who would be your coach of the year for hockey this year? Trots. Me too. Trots for me too. Mm. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I. I. I mean, from where they were last year, I think you could argue. Um, what I. What I'm really so kind of surprised is um, Calgary. They are actually going to be the number one seed in the Western conference, more than Winnipeg, more than Nashville. Um, they have 107 points right now in the Pacific. And I, they've been really kind of quiet and under the radar this year. And I think, I mean, I think ultimately trots may win it, uh, but just because of the turnaround that he did with I, the Islanders. Yeah. I mean, I, you can't, you can't argue with what, you know, I think defensively, they were like the bottom five yeah. last year um, in, in, I think team like total defense and goals and, uh, you know, even I think uh, goals against average and stuff like that. Um, they were just basically Atrocious. horrible. Yeah. It's really yeah. A, a burning garbage that. fire. <laughs> yeah. But I think that Bill Peters certainly is going to get a handful of votes. Just, you know, what they've done in the West uh, considering, like I said, considering Winnipeg and Nashville. Yeah. And, if and I had to pick another one, though, if it weren't Trotz, it would be Cooper for me. Yeah. You just can't exactly. argue with what Tampa's done. Especially since they never really hit a lull in their season. I mean, obviously the ta- talent and roster is amazing, so you expect to win. Uh, but just because you expect it doesn't mean you should take it for granted. And Cooper, uh, you know, they almost had a historical season. I don't think they're going to reach the most wins mark, although they did win tonight, so I think it's still possible. Um but yeah, Cooper would be my number two, just because you you know hundred whatever points they're at, just incredible. And just kind of, I know that we're we're wrapping up here, but if you just a just a brief update that if you're looking at the standings right now with just one game left, with all the 
I think Boston still has two, but they're not in, kind of involved in this um, scenario. But if Pittsburgh loses their last game against, I believe they're playing the Rangers on Saturday, um, they'll end up with 99 points. So if Carolina should win their last game and tie with Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh is going to drop to wild card one. Oh, my God. Because that Carolina will have two more regulation or overtime wins over Pittsburgh. Then if Columbus has two games left, if they happen to win both their games, that would give them 98 points. If Carolina should lose their last game, Columbus and Carolina could potentially flop, flip-flop, and Columbus will take wild card one. So if Columbus should falter their last two when Montreal happens to sneak themselves in, then Columbus would be out, and there would be Carolina and Montreal. So there's, a, there's still different combinations that are still coming down here to the wire on Saturday. So if I'm, a, you know, if I'm looking at the crystal ball, I I prefer to keep Carolina in wild card one. Yeah, I think. And I would per, personally, I would love to see Columbus have to play Tampa. Right. Uh, I just I want to see Trots have to. I mean, Trots. You know, trots on the brain. Torts have to go play his old team. Um, that would be some high drama for the first round. Yeah, but you know what I want? On top of having the Islanders and Pittsburgh are almost locked in themselves. I want to see – this is this is spiteful of me, but I would love to see Columbus miss the playoffs after going all in at the trade deadline. I would just laugh. Oh, them. I would enjoy that myself. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I would love that. Yeah, that would make me laugh so much. After what they did at the deadline. Oh yeah, and all of the after you made fun of after you made fun of Kuznetsov, you guys are dead to mm-hmm. me. I, want, I wish bad things for you. <laughs> You're so awful. And I know, I know what. What can I say? I'm spiteful. And speaking of you know things going down to the wire, just the Rocket Richard update. Uh, it is 47. I'm looking at right now. Nah, because that's not updated. Because he has two tonight. Oh, I'm yeah, looking at the that... NHL site. They don't have it updated yet. Yeah, so I'm looking. And he has two tonight. He has 49 next to his name night. Ooh. Oh, he better watch his back. I know. Goddamn playing with McDavid. Just, I mean, that's an incredible. He's got to be like the su- most surprising player of the year. Dry Seidel. Over yeah. 100 points. 50 goals almost. Jesus. Yeah, that's been, he's had a heck of a year, which, you know, you could, if we're talking <laughs> league awards, he's got to right. be in the conversation. Yeah, no doubt. But I think, uh, is it the Hart Trophy is the MVP name? MVP, that... most valuable player to your team, right? Uh, I, I think the Hart is the most MVP is Hart. Okay, lead so... MVP. Yeah, that'll okay. I think go, it'll have to go to Kucherov. Yeah, and Vasilevsky probably for the Vesna. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happens when your team has like sixty wins. Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's had a good year. Yeah, he's had a good year. Yep, no doubt. All right, so pretty much we have one more meaningless game to look forward to against the Islanders on Saturday night. Um, And then the real stuff begins. It is crazy that we can't talk about the guaranteed first-round matchup yet, but um, I think, Drew, you mentioned that the schedule will come out Sunday night. Um, Right, yeah. NHL Network will have, I think it starts at 7 they're going to uh, April. You know, um, I think it's going to be April seventh is Sunday. So they're going to release uh, the schedule on Sunday, a couple days earlier than. I think normally they usually they kind of come out on Sunday night. To be quite honest about it, uh, but actually they're going to actually kind of do pomp and circumstance with the schedule. Gotcha. This year, so okay, yeah. yeah well, well, I for one cannot wait to see it all shake out on Saturday. I want to know who the matchups are. 
me too. And then we can make some, you know, predictions, fill out your bracket and all that. Um, I do think, uh, is the DMV Sports Network doing a bracket, Drew? For I tweeted out, I tweeted out a, um, and I'll do it again uh, tomorrow um, in conjunction with the pod going out. Uh, but I did do one for, um, um, for one for, for us to, for anybody that's listening to the podcast or follows us on Twitter that wants to, for bragging rights, put in their, um, put in their brackets, yeah. their selections and stuff, their brackets, um, that they can do so. Yeah. Doing and the I'll, bracket uh, March Madness style is pretty fun. Exactly. Yeah. And I, we, I've been doing it every year and it's a lot of fun. No doubt. Yeah. Last year, do you remember your picks? I had. Caps beating uh, Winnipeg in the final, so it's pretty close. I think I had Caps in Nashville, uh, if I recall, uh, last year. Yeah, I always pick my teams to go to the final, no matter what the sport is, at all times. Like on mm-hmm. the Nats, on the Nats podcast, I just <sighs> picked the Nats to go to the World Series, <laughs> not because there's you know there's all that much chance, but just because I'm incapable of not picking my teams. So, there you go. who do you think will come out of the West this year? <sighs> You know, mm. that's a hard one. If if it were Vegas again, I wouldn't be shocked. I would love it to be Vegas because I want to see uh, Wilson take uh, Reeves' head oh, off and shove it up God, I would down love his it throat. So much ejected in my veins, that would be mm. so good. I, I I can't stand Vegas. Yeah, and I can't stand Reeves. I feel like you know, Reeves is to me exactly he is what people think Tom Wilson is. Like Wilson never gloats over anybody, and he never talks trash about a hit that he made and he never is happy that he injured someone like Reeves is exactly what people think Tom Wilson is who don't watch Tom Wilson. Okay. This was not supposed to turn into talking about Ryan Reeves, (laughs) (laughs) but um, that's a good point. So I don't know. Who do you think Sabir comes out of the West? Um, Yo, I'm going to take a little sneaky pick and pick uh, St. Louis blues because they're on fire. Okay. I don't think anyone wants to play them right now. And I did hear how they've kind of like owned Nashville this year. Uh, they've, you know, Winnipeg hasn't played that great against them. So, um, you know, it'll be easier to pick once we know the bracket. But uh, St. Louis is a team I like. And obviously they're one of the hottest, if not the hottest, in the second half of the year. Yeah. Calgary, I think, would be my real pick. If I was we just can't one. trust them yet in the playoffs. Yeah. Calgary's issue, Calgary's issue, uh, kind of wrap this point up is their goaltending is their issue and whether or not Mike Smith can play consistently um, he's played well um, during the regular season but can he be consistent enough in the playoffs to get through what potentially would get through Nashville maybe or Winnipeg yeah um, I mean in their side they're gonna have to go probably potentially go through Vegas in the um, I think in the second round um, can they do it yes um, but my I think my pick right now is going to be I think Nashville um, I think that you know, with the additions of Simmons and, you know, the way that they've been playing of late. Uh, granted, you know, that, like you said, St. Louis has been on fire, but I, I really think right now I'm, I'm picking Nashville to come out. Okay. Who do All you right. think's coming out of the East? Do you guys pick the Caps? Caps. Oh, Caps. And I think until, my head until they're beaten, Tampa, they're my pick. If my head says Tampa, my heart says Caps. But if anybody can take out Tampa in, in the East, I think it's the Caps. Honestly, I think it's either the Caps or the Penguins coming out of the East. No. <laughs> no, no. You know what? The Penguins? I don't no. think they're good enough. No I don't one think wants to play them. Three. No, but I don't think they. I don't think they're consistent enough to get through three rounds to get out of the East this year. I just they're going to have a problem getting out if if they stay where they are. 
they're going to have issues getting out past the Islanders. And I hope that's a bloody mess. Yes, I do. I want them to bloody each other senseless so that whoever we have to deal with is, is not, not feeling their best when they get to us. Yeah. I hope you're right. All right, guys. So that'll about do it for us. Um, Thanks for tuning into the DC power play. Uh, We'll talk to you guys next week and uh, go caps. Go caps.